You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Thank you, singers and musicians, for your help this morning. Well, it's good to be in the house of God. Amen? Yeah. We thank you for coming on this uh, Father's Day uh, service, and we try to be respectful. We know that you got plans probably afterwards, and some of you do, and we want to be respectful of that. And, uh, but we're glad that you come to the house of the Lord. I got a couple of announcements. First of all, I, I, uh, I noticed I didn't want to leave uh, Sister Tiffany Owens out when it said uh, Michael mowing the yard, and uh, Tiffany does all the supervising. Shows <laughs> in the spots that he missed. It would look horrible if she wasn't here. I'm, I'm so, but we're glad that she she don't got the best taste in Chinese food, but. That's an inside joke, but the Lord's going to take care of that, and, uh, but we're, we're grateful for her also. Also, let me to announce uh, that I had several comments and several people that had uh, messaged me about the daily devotion that we started on Monday, and I had a great response, and I want to say uh, if that's something that we say uh, during that morning that has touched your heart or that has helped you or encouraged you, well, then please uh, share that. If it was an encouragement to you, it'd probably be an encouragement to somebody else. It's not going to be just me. This is not a Steve Alexander thing. It's a faith worship center thing, and I've asked some of these teachers uh, to join in with me, and uh, they're going to be doing that periodically also. And so if that uh, has encouraged you and helped you, then please pass it on and let that be an encouragement. And then one other announcement, Wednesday night, I haven't done a Wednesday night in a while, but Wednesday night I'm going to be teaching. I've had uh, some questions, and maybe it's a subject that you I had thought about that's been on your mind also, but we comment about it in church a lot, but we don't really go into a lot of detail, but we're going to be looking into Wednesday night, what happens when we die, what happens when we take our last breath here on this earth, and so we're going to look into that, and while the most important thing is to just be ready for that moment, it's a comfort to know what's going to happen when we do take our last breath, according to the Bible. And so uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, I announced that uh, so that you'd be praying for that, of course. And then also, if it's a subject that uh, you, maybe you know somebody and they've had some questions or some doubt, uh, well, then maybe it would be a help for them also and a good time to invite them. And so that, that we will be doing Wednesday night. Amen. John chapter number 3. John in chapter, I'm sorry, I said John, but it's not John, it's Luke. Joey was thinking, my goodness, he gave me the wrong scripture again. Luke chapter number, I wrote down John, but I remembered it was Luke. Luke chapter number three, where I would like for you to turn with me this morning, Luke chapter number three, and we're going to look here in verses 15 through verse number 22. Luke chapter number 3, verses 15 through verse number 22. And the Bible says, And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts at, of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Now when all of the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. I want to read that last scripture one more time. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And this voice that came from heaven was the voice of God the Father looking at his Son, and he said, In thee 
I am well pleased. And this morning, I want to minister, going to be brief, but I want to minister the approval of a father. The approval of a father. Will you bow your head and let, help me pray? I've sensed the presence of the Lord already this morning. Father, I love you today, God, and I thank you, Lord, for the presence that I already feel, that I already sense in my spirit. And Lord, I'm asking today... God, that you would move upon the hearts of every single individual that is here this morning in every family. I'm asking you, God, to do a work that I cannot do, Lord. Open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and Lord, anoint my lips, God, to deliver your already anointed word. And I'll be very careful this morning to give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. The approval of a father. I realize today, and I want to be plain, and I, I have to say this to start out with, but I realize today that today being a day that we honor our fathers, that we honor the man that gave us life, they honor the man that brought us into this world, and I would say also that I understand that a father and a dad can be separate. A father, anybody can be a father. But it takes a special man to be a dad. We honor our fathers and we're thankful so much for all that they do. And, and uh, I, I want to say this, it's not the same for everybody. Father's Day is not the same for everyone. For some, their father has passed from this life. And while you can still be thankful for their memories and the time that you had for them, and I'm sure cherish those memories in that time, when they're not here, it can also be a moment that sorrow can creep into your heart when you begin to miss them, and, and, and you rightfully so should miss them. It's a part of life. For some, the relationship with their father isn't or wasn't what it should have been. So other feelings of resentment or bitterness can creep into the heart also because Father's Day, whether it is time of sorrow or whether it's a time that we're very, very thankful, Father's Day is a day that we're going to be centered upon thinking about our Father. It's possible, I believe, and I'm going to say this and from the book of Steve here, but I, I believe that it is very possible that because of uh, the desire that a child has to have the approval of their father and to have uh, the pat on the back from their father, it's very possible that this also can be one of the greatest uh, opportunities for the enemy to attack a child and to begin to move upon their heart in the wrong way, embed seeds of bitterness and hatred because they don't have that approval of their father that they desire to have. But this morning, I want to be respectful of whatever relationship that you have with your earthly father, but I also want to honor all of our godly fathers that we have here at Faith Worship Center. My, I look around this morning and I know all of you, or most every one of you personally, I know every one of you and how that you have raised your children, your children, your family has become a heritage uh, that, that you have led them into. We have fathers here that their homes have become homes that love God and that fear God and it's all because of their leadership and all because of their relationship with the Lord. And so I want to tell you this morning that regardless of the relationship maybe that you have with your earthly father, I honor you today as a godly father. I honor honor you today as a man that is after the relationship with God and allows God to move in their life and most of all allows God to lead their home and to lead their family and so today I got to tell you today all uh, to every godly father that is here today happy father's day to you we honor you and we thank God for you and your stand that you make for the Lord may God bless you and God bless your home this morning I feel it's needful to bring out this important point. To all of those that may not have the approval of their earthly father, and I speak, you know, I, I, as, as you was as a child, as an individual. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm not speaking about actions. Because a child can go in a different direction following the leading of the Lord that mom or dad may not have for them. But a mom or dad, a godly mom or dad, still ought to approve of their child following the leading of the Lord. 
And while their actions may not be in what they had in mind for them, what we know and what we understand is that their love for their child ought to still be there. And I'll go further and say this. You can love your child and not approve of their wrong actions also. It's all right to love them genuinely and still tell them that what they're doing is wrong. In fact, a parent, a godly mom, or a godly dad that truly loves their child, you will chastise your child, you will discipline your child, and you will tell them when they are wrong. Why? Because a man or a woman that loves their child will desire for their child to follow after God and to follow after the right path because that is the good way unto the Lord. And so I will tell you that and to love your child does not always mean to love their actions, but it means to love them for who they are. Just because we don't have the approval of the earthly father doesn't mean you can't be approved by a heavenly father. It doesn't mean you can't be approved of by a heavenly father. In fact, to all of those that are in Jesus Christ, God the Father approves of you this morning. If you are in Christ, and I mean in Christ by faith, I want you to know that God the Father approves of you. We, the psalmist said in chapter number 68, that he would be a father to the fatherless. He would be a father to the fatherless. He would be one that stamps his approval upon those, even if this world and all of the people in the world didn't approve of God the Father, would be a father to those that are fatherless. I want you to know that God the Father has all kinds of children. He's got all colors of children. He's got tall children and short children. He's got children with hair, and he's got children that, well, they don't have hair. And everybody's looking around to somebody they know that is bald. Sister Renee's rubbing Mikey's head back there saying, hey, at this moment I get to be a mind reader because what you're thinking is he's talking about him. He's got athletes, and he's got cowboys, and he's got business people, and he's got good old boys and good old girls. God the Father has got a multitude of children, and as long as they are, look, we are uniquely and we are fearfully made in the eyes of God. We are the apple of his eye, and I don't care if there are, I got a couple of nieces that are identical twins. They are identical twins according to science, but they are as different as daylight and dark when you get around them. They're there is nobody in the population of the world today, close to 8 billion people, there is nobody that is just like you. You are unique in the eyes of God. And I want you to know this morning uh, that if you are in Christ Jesus, my God approves of you. Uh, he loves you. He cares for you enough that he died for you this morning. He loves you this morning. I don't care what the, uh, the opinion of somebody else is. Because there's only one that we're going to stand before of when this is all said and done. And it only matters what his opinion is. i got to tell you this, and I promise I'll get to my text. But I was thinking this morning, and I was putting some things together, of people sometimes a father don't approve of a child, or a father shouldn't have favorites, but sometimes I have seen in Scripture maybe where a father has a favorite child. But there was a prophet, the first prophet that Israel was given, his name was Samuel. As Samuel was uh, commanded by the Lord, he was ordered by the Lord to go to the house of Jesse. He said, because in the house of Jesse, I'm going to anoint the next king of Israel. He would anoint David, who would be the next king of Israel, who would be known as the greatest king that Israel would ever know. And I want you to know that if you read in text, we get a good implication that Jesse didn't really approve of David. He called seven of his sons before Samuel. When Samuel got to his house, God called me to come and to anoint the next king of Israel, and it's going to be one of your sons. Okay, great. He brought seven of his sons up, and I caught a little something this week that I never caught before. But he ushered all seven sons before Jesse, and every time a son were before Samuel, and every time one of his sons would get before him, the Lord would speak to Samuel and say, that's not him. He'd bring another, that's not him. He'd bring another, that's not him. Seven times. And the thing I caught in chapter number 16 and verse number 10 is that Jesse didn't just do this once. He said, are you sure? And he didn't say that in the scripture, but he brought all of his sons before Samuel again. 
Every single one of them. He didn't just leave David out once. He left David out twice. Because he didn't approve of him as a king. And he ushered all seven of them before him the second time. Verse number 10, chapter 16, you can read it. And they all come up there and Samuel said, Jesse, the Lord said, this is not him. Do you got any more sons? Well, I've got one. His name is David. He's a ruddy boy. He's redhead. He's a ruddy boy. But he's out watching the sheep. He's the youngest of all of them. He said, send for him. And Jesse had one of his sons to go get him. They brought him back in. And as soon as he brought him back in, the scripture quickly moves that the Lord said, rise up, anoint him with oil, for I have called him. For I do not look on the outward stature, but I will look upon the heart. I want you to know, Jesse overlooked him. But God said, this will be the next king of Israel I got to tell you again mom and dad may overlook you your friends may overlook you but God has got a plan for your life and God has chosen you for a specific calling in this life they overlooked him but God said I won't overlook him now in our text it records quite a scene for sure a picture of events that we need to envision, we need an idea in our mind of what's going on. It's given to us in three of the Gospels, the synoptical Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the story that we're reading about right now. One of the two times, it is one of the two times that God the Father spoke the words, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Not exact, but the second time would be at the Mount of Transfiguration when he said, this is my beloved Son, hear him, hear him. This is my beloved Son, hear him. In other words, listen to him and continue to listen to what he has to say. We read it about it in these three Gospels. The Father spoke the words on the bank of the Jordan River. It was a quote that was quite rememberable because when Peter wrote his epistle, he brought it back up. He said, we were all there when we heard the voice come out of a cloud and the glory of the Lord shine. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's not something that they could forget and it's not something that we ought to forget today. We need to remember that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son and God is well pleased with him. It's the picture of the following, the words were spoke here on the bank of the Jordan River. The bank of the Jordan River, we're at John's baptism. And it's also similar on the Mount of Transfiguration. But the picture is, as John sat on the river, or not sat, but he came into the river, he began to baptize people. They hadn't heard a voice that come from the Lord in over four, right at 400 years. There's not been a voice of God that has begun to preach and bring up the things of God again. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist begins to step out. He was a, a man that came from the wilderness. I'm just from the wilderness. I've been eating locusts and wild honey. And all of a sudden, I picture him as a burly man. I don't, I don't know if that's him or not. But he comes and he starts telling everybody, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Makes his way down to the Jordan River. And all of the people are gathering around. And he's baptizing them under the baptism of repentance. All of a sudden there's a line that's gathering around and say, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. But the Pharisees and Sadducees gathered and they begin to say, who are you? Are you the one? No, I'm not the one. Are you the light? No, I'm just here to bear witness of the light. Uh, well, we read about one that is coming. No, I'm not him. Uh, yeah, but the scripture says, yeah, but I'm not him. Uh, I look, there's one coming that is greater than what I am. Uh, his shoes latching. I'm not even able to bear down uh, and to unlatch uh, when he comes. Uh, I want you to know I'm just baptizing in water. But when he steps out, he's going to baptize you with the fire and with the Holy Ghost. Uh, his chaff is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor. He is greater than I am. 
And all of a sudden, as they're sitting there, the Sadducees and Pharisees, they get in line. I'm going to be baptized. John, I'm paraphrasing, putting in my own words. What are you doing here? Well, we're here to be baptized. He said, no, sir. You go show me fruits that are worthy of repentance. I won't baptize you just because you want to be baptized. And the church needs to hear that today. If water baptism saved you, he would have baptized every single one of them. Water baptism is an outward testimony of an inward work showing that we have been baptized into Jesus Christ and raised up as a new man by faith and by faith alone. It doesn't save you. That's not scriptural. He said, show me fruits that's worthy of repentance. And they left. And then all of a sudden one day, while he's down there baptizing people under the baptism of repentance, he looks afar off. <laughs> oh, what a time it would have been to be there. When he looks afar off, he sees one coming. He said, there's one coming. There's one coming. There's one coming. And as Jesus got a little closer, he said, in fact, there's one standing among you. There's one that's standing among you. He's here right now. And as Jesus got real close, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Oh, he's greater than me. He's mightier than what I am. I'm not the light. I'm just here to bear witness from the light. And then all of a sudden, the glory of God began to fill that atmosphere and a cloud of glory began to shine and God the Father speaks and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And they all heard as the voice of God came from the heaven. The Holy Spirit descended upon him, landed upon him in a bodily form because he's not just wind. He's God the Holy Ghost, and he's set up on him, and then God says, this is my beloved son, <laughs> in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus began his ministry. They had not been another that the Father spoke these words over since then. We've seen some great, we read about some great men and women of God. We read about Elijah, Elisha, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Ruth, Rahab. We read about all of the greats, but this was the only time that the voice of God rang out of the heavens. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And everybody stopped and looked at him. There was a couple of men there recorded, and I'm trying to move on. As soon as John introduced him, they said immediately, they left and began to follow him. They began to follow after Jesus because of who he was. Now, there's not been another. Because of the fall, because of the entrance and the pollution of sin, God could not approve of mankind. Before Jesus, he was not approving of the position of mankind. I know the old covenant. I know some of them were kept. I'm not diluting that in any way. I'm just telling you that before Jesus, that before Jesus, he couldn't look down upon a man and say, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. The entrance and pollution of sin messed all of this up. But to study the life and the humanity of Christ, we learn that from this moment, he went from here, he was tempted in the wilderness, and then all of a sudden Jesus stepped into the synagogue. And when he stepped into the synagogue, and they handed him the scroll that day to read as it was a custom, just hand it to somebody and let them read. He stood up and he began to read from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For the Father has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted. And he went on reading this. And immediately all of the eyes were fixed upon him because this day, though it had been read many days before, it was different this day because the Son of God himself was reading about him. And when we learn about his, his earthly ministry, the humanity of Jesus Christ, we know that from that moment till the moment that John records him on the cross of Calvary saying, it is finished and gave up the ghost that God the Father was approved from him from start all the way to the finish. God would say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want you to know this morning that God the Father approved of every time that he healed somebody. God the Father approved of every single miracle that he ever did. 
God the Father approved of every time that he had an individual uh, had an individual contact with somebody. God the Father approved of everything that Jesus Christ taught. When he looked down upon his life, he smiled. Uh, he was happy because of everything that his son was doing. He was approving of every time that he opened blinded eyes. He approved of every time that the lame man began to walk. Uh, he approved every time that deaf ears were unstopped. Uh, he approved when he sat down with the woman at Jacob's well. Uh, he approved when he called to the man uh, uh, sick with palsy at the pool of Pavel. He approved of every time he cast out a demon. He approved at every time he fed the multitude. Yes, God the Father could look down, examine his life, and at any day, any time say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I'm well pleased of him. He approved of him setting with children. God the Father was never disappointed in his Son. And I come to tell you this morning, I don't know how your relationship is with your earthly father, but according to the Bible, you can have full approval from God the Father, our heavenly Father, which is absolutely priceless by simple faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. One day when I stand before God, I want to be approved by him. But you know what? I don't want to wait till I get there to try to be approved because that won't work. I want to be approved by him now. I want to be caught pleasing under the Lord. How are we approved by God the Father? Well, there's a great miracle that much of the church has overlooked today that is the most important miracle of all times. And that is the powerful miracle of being born again. In the miracle of being born again, the Bible says that we are placed inside of Christ. Romans 6 and 3, don't you know or know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus? Not water, not spirit. We were baptized into Jesus, and therefore we were baptized into his death. And we were buried with him. And we were also raised in the likeness of his resurrection. I want you to know by simple faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. We are baptized. We are inside of Jesus Christ. Baptized into his death, his burial and resurrection. And as a believer, when God looks at me, he sees his son. And from what I read this morning, every time he looked at his son, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If I want him to look at me and be well pleased, I've got to have my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. I want his approval. And that only happens if I am by faith baptized in to the life, the death, the burial of Jesus Christ. Paul lays out some blessings that follow us in the book of Ephesians all because we're approved of God. He said we're blessed by God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. He said before the foundation of the earth, he has chosen us. He has, think about that. Before the foundation of the earth, he has chosen us. He chosen us to be in a relationship with him, to present us, to present us holy and acceptable unto God. He said before this, he also not only chosen, watch this, I want you to understand these things. Uh, he said, I also predestined you. Predestined, what does that mean? It means his plan for us has been predestined. He has predestined our plan. Do you know that it's always been God's will for your life to come right back into relationship with Him? That's always been God's plan for your life. That's always been God's will for our life. He predestined our plan. Before the foundations of the earth, He said, I want, Brother Shay, I want Sister Cammie, I want them to come right back in. I'm going to stamp it right now. That's my plan before they're ever born. You know why He done that? Because He would be able to approve of us if we went by the way of in Jesus Christ. He also said this. He'll give us all, he'll give us redemption of all sins. Redeem us again. We owed a sin debt that we, we could not pay. 
but he redeemed us by the blood of Jesus because he has approved of us. He has forgiven us of all sins. Why? He has wiped all sins away, past, present, and future to all of those that keep their faith in Jesus and what he done on the cross of Calvary. Why? Because he has approved of Jesus Christ. He has also, give me a little monitor, I'll try to quiet down, it probably won't work. He has also gave us an inheritance. He gave us an inheritance. You know why you get an inheritance? Because somebody passes away. He gave us an inheritance through Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody that will place their faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. I want to tell you, you've got an inheritance that is greater than anything you could ever receive in this world. The inheritance of the great gift of eternal life. And that is because he approved of Jesus Christ. He has given us salvation because he approves. He's given us grace to help us. Because he approves. He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit because he approves of his Son. He's given us the comfort and the help of the Holy Spirit. He's given us peace that passes all understanding. And he's given us the blessed hope that one day we're going to receive everything that Jesus has paid for us on the cross of Calvary. Do you know why? Because God is a heavenly Father that approves of all of those that place their faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. I want to tell you this morning. A simple faith. I bring it up again because it's so real. I don't know how your relationship is with your earthly father. But you can have the approval of a heavenly father. By faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And all of these blessings. That he has given. All of these things. When we seek first the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added unto us because he approves of what Jesus done for us on the cross of Calvary. I want you to know this morning that as a son, some of you are going to argue, and I hope that you have an argument. But as a son that for some reason was given the greatest dad that ever walked God's green earth, you know, it's something that's special to me when I know how great that my dad is. But when other people tell me, you got the greatest parents, I say, yeah, I know. I got the greatest dad that ever walked God's green earth. There are moments that are priceless, absolutely priceless to me. Absolutely priceless that I remember. There are times when I didn't make my dad so proud. He don't have to amen that. There are times that he wanted, again, no opportunity to amen here. There are times when he wanted to wring my neck. But there are moments that are absolutely, as I begin to recall and think about my dad, that are absolutely priceless. I remember times, and even in discipline, that my dad would... Say, go to your room. I'll be there in a minute. Now, I'm not like, I, I didn't raise up and I didn't have a bedroom like what a lot of kids had today or kids I went to school with. Go into your bedroom. Well, that's not no punishment. That's where I want to be anyway because I got everything in there. Kids have a game. They have TV. They have everything. I had a dresser and a bed. <laughs> Held my clothes and gave me a place to sleep, and I thank God for that. But when I was sent to my room, I got to sit on my bed and do this. Boring. Horrible. I was never just sent to my room, though, to sit. Dad said, go to your room. I'll be there in a minute. Go back to my room, and Dad say, I need to talk to you. What you done was wrong. And this is why it's wrong. And this is why I've got to discipline you. And then, well, the rest of that story ain't worth telling. But when I left that bedroom, I got a, I didn't forget it. I got a good idea. I didn't just get something taken away. I got something applied. And I didn't easily forget it. And so, there are moments like that that is special to me. I'm just going to talk to my, from my heart for just a minute. I remember walking into a store one time. I don't know how old I was. I was right in front of my dad. Walking into a store. Here comes a lady, 
fixing to walk in. I stepped up a couple of steps, grabbed the door, and went to walk in. And Dad grabs me by the nap of the neck, pulls me back, opens the door for the lady, smiles real big. And I thought, that's a fake smile, I know, because the way you grab my neck. <laughs> smiles real big, says, go ahead. Let's the door close, turns me around, and he said, you don't never go in front of a lady like that. You get there, and you open the door, and you let her go in. I don't care who she is. Okay. I didn't forget that. He taught me manners, something that is not so popular today. He taught me discipline. He taught me manners. There are times now, even as a young man, that we have some talks. If I'm going somewhere, Sister Becky not able to go. He's my next call a lot of times. Dad, are you able to go to this and the times that he goes, and a lot of times we're just in a truck driving, but we get an opportunity just to sit and visit and sit and talk. My, we have some great talks. We just heart to heart, a father to son talk. That is priceless. Moments that I will never forget. I've got to sit back and watch his example, his godly example. As he would lead us, me and my two brothers, and the way that we should go. I've watched that. I've been under his training. Great times. But there's some times when it's just been me and dad and been maybe highlights. I remember when I bought my first house. I got a, not when I got my truck, but I bought my first house. Dad was helping me tie some things up. I remember when I got married. I remember it when I started pastoring this church. And I remember it just periodically, maybe for no reason. But when my dad would look at me square in the face, making sure that we made eye contact, looking at me, and he would say, son, listen to me. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. Oh, there's nothing more special than knowing that I just had the approval of my father. I had the approval of my dad. Didn't much matter what others may think. You see why it's so special? My dad doesn't, don't get me wrong, he doesn't take the place of, of my wife. Sister Becky, when we got married, we became one, a family unit. And he fully understands that. But my dad trained me. My mom also. But there was things that, that a father and son talks about that dad, it was dad's place to teach that wasn't mom's place. And there was, was watching me grow up. I know how to drive because my dad. I remember one time driving a car. Brian and Joey was in the back seat. And I looked over at dad and I, I wasn't very big. I said, how fast can I go? He said, as fast as you can handle it. And we were on a straight road. And it was, I was in a, just driving. And I remember looking down at the speedometer and looking back at Brian and Joey. And I said, Look, I'm running 40 miles an hour. I thought that was a big deal. I know how to pull a trailer because of my dad. I know how to saddle a horse because of my dad. I know how to do the things that I, I do as a man. I know how to cut wood. I know how to work. I have manners and things because of my dad. And for him to look and say, I'm proud of you. He's putting his stamp of approval upon that. And I want you to know. I am who I am because, mostly because of what they made me. But the greatest thing, not just my dad, but my parents could ever do. He got me so far and it was time for me to become a young man and make my own decisions. More than ever before, I watched him go. You need to pray about it. You need to seek the Lord. What was he doing? He was pointing me to Jesus. Because he understood that when he had taken me as far as what he could go, what he had left was saying, you need to look at your heavenly father. You need to look at God the Father. Because when I've done all I can, God the Father will lead you where I can't lead you anymore. And one of these days, and I hope and pray the rapture takes place, and my father and my dad goes on to be with the Lord, I will still have God. 
to lead God and direct me into every move that I make. And for that, I'm forever grateful. He gave me something that was priceless and something this world could not give me by pointing me to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing makes my heart smile in that way. Like my dad saying, I'm proud of you because I know that I have the approval. But pointing me to Christ was the greatest thing that he could ever do. I want to leave you with this this morning, and I'm going to hush. But whether you do or whether you don't have the approval of your earthly father, I'm telling you this morning, according to the word of God, you can have the full approval of God, our heavenly father. How can I have his approval of everything that I've done? Well, see, God's got the ability to do a little something that we can't do. A lot of people throw the statement around, well, you got to forgive and forget. You can't forget. And if you could forget, there would be no need to forgive. But God forgives, and then he forgets. And he's able, listen, to wipe your past clean. (laughs) Take it and wipe it completely clean. And then I become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things just passed away. And behold, all things shall become new in Christ Jesus. And when God looks at you because of my faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary, he looks at the one and he sees I'm baptized into Christ. I'm inside of Jesus Christ. And when he looks at me, he sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, his reply is, that is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, I've been adopted by the spirit of adoption. I've been grafted into a family where I was once just a wild fig tree, but he brought me in by the blood of the lamb. He took me in, loved me while I was yet a sinner. He said, I, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I want you to know this morning, I don't care who you are. I don't care what color. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how rotten you've been. I don't care how good you think you are. My God can save anybody and everybody on the same basis of faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross of Calvary. Yes, you can be approved by God the Father by faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to ask you to bow your head with me. Real quickly. Can I have some monitor, please? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, and I, I ask nobody to be looking around, just to be respectful to one another and be respectful to the Holy Spirit. This is a time, it's a sacred time, a special time that we allow God to move upon our hearts and upon our lives. I want to ask you this morning because you know better than anybody. You know yourself better than your spouse knows you. And I know that you could easily fool anybody. But God knows the truth. I just want to simply ask you this morning. Nobody's looking around. Everybody's being respectful. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I don't do that. I do not scare people. I just ask honest questions. But if you stood before the Lord today with that stamp of approval because you are in Christ be upon your name, or would it not be upon your name? That's my simple question. I don't know how your relationship is with your earthly father. But our heavenly father is the one that's going to judge. He's the one that we want to be found in Christ. And we want to be found well pleased. So I simply ask you this morning. If you stood before God right now. Would you be approved? Would that stamp of approval be upon your life? If you're here this morning, you say, I'm not sure. 
It's not sure. Not worth taking a chance on. But if you're not sure, would you do me a favor just so that I can remember your hand and be praying for you? Would you slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's watching. Nobody's looking. Hand up and right back down real quickly. Say, I'm not sure if he would approve or not. Thank you, God, for this hand. Thank you, Lord, for this hand. Thank you, God, for that hand. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Thank you, God, for this hand. You slip your hand up and put it, thank you, God, for that hand. Thank you, Lord, for this hand. You put it right back down and say, I'm not sure if he'd approve or not. Would you slip your hand up and right back down real quickly? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, here's what I want to do. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, well, they shall be saved. Right now is a special, powerful time between you, if you raised your hand, and between God. You want to know what God's doing right now? He's looking at your heart. He's looking at those that just raised their hand. And right now, He's looking for faith for those that will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Because... Whosoever will believe upon him, oh, they will not perish. They will have everlasting life. So right now, if you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to ask you to say a simple prayer for me. And not just those that raise their hand, but everybody, so that we don't single anybody out this morning. And I want you to know, simply saying the prayer has never saved anybody. But when we believe what we are about to pray, When God sees that faith mixed with our prayer, that's when he looks and says, oh yeah, oh yeah, I approve because they are in my son. I will approve this morning. So I want to ask you, congregation, we've had five or six to raise their hand. But I want to ask the whole congregation to get involved in helping me lead them to the Lord and to simply say this prayer, repeat this prayer after us. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I stand at your mercy, but you're a merciful God. Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. And I'm sorry for the sin in my life. But God, today, I want to be approved of you. I want to be a, I want your approval on my life. So right now, I place my faith in Jesus Christ, the one you approved of. And I'm asking you to forgive me of all sins, to wash me clean, and to make me whole. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want you to know this morning, if you said that prayer, God the Father just put his approval stamp upon your life. If you believed it from your heart, he's approved of you this morning. I want to ask you to do one more thing as they sing this song. We got a lot of fathers in here, and I always like to do this, and I don't want to overlook it. But if you feel comfortable doing so this morning, I want to ask our fathers to come and stand with me across the front. We're going to ask your family to join with you, and we're going to pray for our, God, our, for our fathers that God would help them. That God would strengthen them, that the power of God would lead them and direct them. If you're a father, come on, mix right in. Families, come and stand with your your fathers this morning. We want to just pray for them and ask God to touch them this morning. Church family, you can gather around. We don't leave nobody out. Gather around, stand with your dads. My, my, what a group of dads this morning. What a group of dads this morning. The mom and the dad have unique, they have specific parts in the family. Play quietly for me, please. They have their specific parts in the family.
the roles that they carry out. A dad was never called to do the mom's job. A mom was never called to do the dad's part. I don't mean to be saying something that might be offensive on purpose, but if the truth is offensive, then it so is. But there's a reason that God constructed the family as a man and a woman. Because it takes a man and a woman to build the home that God wanted to build. And it takes, uh, every child needs a mom and they need a dad. And there's a reason that God, God knows what he's doing. And regardless of what the world thinks, God is always right. He's always right. And dads, today I want to tell you this. I want to thank you for your role in the family and in the home. I want to thank you for your protection to your family. For your love and how that you shield and that you shelter your children. I want to thank you for being the provider that you are. But most of all, I want to thank you for leading your family in the way of the Lord. Because I can tell you, I don't have children. But leading a family, leading a home is not an easy task to do. Because sometimes even friction in the home will cause a little bit of problems. But I want to tell you this morning, I commend you and my hat is off to you for following after the things of God. Because if you will follow after the things of God, your family will always have exactly what they need. So this morning, we commend you. And we want to pray for you that God would strengthen, that God would empower, and that God would continue to help you to be the dad, the father, that your family needs you to be in that, and to follow after the steps of the Lord. So family, I'm going to ask you to lay your hands upon, your, upon their fathers. If you're around somebody, lay your hand, take them by the hand, whatever you want to do. And let's pray for our fathers, for our dads this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we stand in the midst of all of these great dads, of all of these fathers this morning. Lord, I want to tell you, I'm thankful for each and every one of them. I'm thankful for the role that they have in the home and in their family and, God, their leadership that they have. But, God, it's not always an easy task. But today, I know that even that what's impossible to man is always possible to you. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ to move upon every one of these dads, every one of these fathers. I pray that you would help them to be the man that you've called them to be, the husband you've called them to be, the father you've called them to be, and the leader that you've called them to be. I pray that you would open their ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Give them a greater hunger and a desire for your things and to lead than what they've ever had before. God, we need our fathers in our home. We need dads that will stand for the things of God. And Lord, I pray today that you would empower each and every one of them. I'm thankful for them, Lord. And we give you praise and glory and honor for each and every one of them. And we ask it, we pray it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook, at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.